are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. And they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badlands Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's going to come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart, I'll see you again. March of last year, I watched Nomadland, a film directed by Chloe Zhao, which is a screen adaptation of a book that shares the same name. This book was written by a journalism university teacher. Her name is Jessica Brother. This book is a written documentary of working nomads, as this author took the road to meet some of them. Both of the book and film reflected the friendship, the comradeship, the solidarity between these nomads. No wonder why Chloe Zhao's direction of Nomad Land seemed like a film documentary more than a fictional film, because most of the characters in it are actual nomads in real life, except for Frances McNormand, who played the character or the main character, which is Fern. Even if the film won three Oscars of Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actress in a leading role. My experience of watching it in these one hour and 40 minutes was a combination of mixed feelings. These mixed feelings had nothing to do with the production, the acting, the direction, or the story and the, and the characters but they had more to do with the main subjects of the film, the book, and the story, which are work, money, and retirement. And if we bring these three, we have to bring capitalism on the table at the same time. These mixed feelings I had watching the film were a projection of worries and fears I had endorments that I never suspected to have until I watched Nomadland itself. 
I am for the first time enabled to speak objectively about a film. And I am for the first time enabled to write an essay about this film objectively speaking. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I will take this subjectivity in consideration while making this episode. And the only way for me to take it in consideration is to be genuine about it and to bring it on the table after all. I am a young working woman and it does make sense that this film has woken up some in, some unexpected fears I had about money, working and retirement or my career all in all. And the reason or the main reason why I did not write a proper objective essay about this film is the normal type of life and normal type of living itself. I have to be honest, no matter how much books I read about the nomad life or how much documentaries I watched about it or how much of research I did about it, it does not make me a well-placed person to speak about the nomad life in an essay because I never experienced it before. That's the difference. I could have very well written an essay reporting what others are saying about it. But this case is very different. This case is delicate. We are speaking about the case of human beings and people and individuals living in a certain way. I won't be able to nuance and I won't be able to speak according to a context. It's not a social phenomenon. It's the life of living of certain people who are unfamiliar to me. And if I ever wrote the essay, I would be writing it from a place of ignorance of how, why, when, and what these nomads are living. I don't want to approach them as a case to study. That's not what Jessica Border did when she went to meet them to write this book. That's why I am going to hold myself back and speak about the film while using the projected mixed feelings I have while watching it. When it comes to money, work, and retirement, maybe even professional career path, rather than speaking about the nomad life that I am unfamiliar with. These mixed feelings I had while watching the movie and the angle from which I saw the movie might change with time. However, currently speaking and before starting to talk about the relationships with work, money and the professional career path, I have a question about the dominant economic system and the dominant type of social organization that we are living in, in our society and country. The question is, do we as an Algerian society slash country live in a capitalist type of economic system and social organizations? Or in other terms, what is the actual dominant type of economic system and social organizations that we have in our country? One could very well listen to this question and say, haha, we are a third word country, there ain't no actual capitalism in Algeria. I'm not asking about the way you want the economic system to be or the way it ought to be according to you. I am asking about the way it actually is in our country. 
I think that it's safe to say that the situation is unclear, complicated, and complex to a point that we can't settle for a simple answer. The reason why I am asking about the dominant economic system and social organization of our country, because it seems like they both shape, they both program a generation's perspective of a generation's relationship with work, money, and a professional career, whether in good, bad, or in between. Whether this generation decides to go with it, to go against it or to go with it because life requires to be flexible and to adapt in a survival form to go with the flow unless you got to travel to other countries or to be influenced by other countries societies and cultures through screens and their economic system happens to be shaping your relationship with work money and how you want to build your professional career As an example, we can take in consideration the hustle culture, the entrepreneurship culture, and the Western culture. And if the dominant economic system and the type of social organizations do not directly shape a generation's relationship and their perspective, uh, I mean, their perspective of work and money, at least it is safe to say that they both set codes and norms that this generation or this society is whether going to live by or rebel against or something in between. Whether your relationship with money and work was shaped by a capitalist type of economic system or a capitalist thinking type of entourage or not, there is a line in the film said by the character of Fern, who is a 60-something nomad woman. As she was applying for jobs, she said... I love work, I need work. Now, if we take in consideration the character of Fern as a nomad, as a character, she worked her entire life, and it is the end of Empire, which is a company town that went out of existence in 2010, that she worked for and lived in with her husband that led to her nomad life type of living. She was struggling financially, and after the death of her husband and the end of this empire company town, she went on a van life and nomad life type of living. The fact that Fern was still working after 60 years old, that is a question to be asked in this case. Was it a proper individual choice of her, all because she was financially struggling and she did not have any choice but to continue working. No shame has to be thrown on her. In this case, even as a fictional character, she was still working as long as she could instead of giving up. She's still that stubborn in a good way, strongly minded type of character. Now, if we go back to that line shared by her about the need to work, about the love of work, This puts the light on any individual's perception of work and per default that relationship with work. It is fair to say and it is obvious to say that work is a good thing to do. Work with its cognitive representation, its intellectual, cultural, emotional, social, maybe even psychological, physical, 
identical and anthropological representations is a good thing to do. Whether it is a paid work, an internship, a fellowship, an unpaid volunteering position type of work, itself as an activity is a valuable thing to do. Now, if we perceive work from many dimensions, work could shape one's character and its development, or it could be the other way around. One's character is about working. For example, the creative ones. With work, one could see aspects of their character they never seen before, socially, intellectually, and psychologically speaking. Work has surely changed with the changes of civilizations and the generations of each civilization. However, they all had one thing in common, their need to work, their love of work and their right to work, maybe their obsession in a good, sane way with work. They all had in common this idea of hard working, laboring, satisfaction, and the contentment that come with it. When we speak about work, at some point we need to bring money on the table. Why? Because money is powerful. And when we speak about money plus work, it doesn't have to be necessarily superficial or materialistic. Money adds value to work, money adds a dimension of appreciation to work, money or any type of pay adds a dimension of respect and exchange to work, whether you work as a freelancer or as an entrepreneur or you work for yourself or for other people or with other people. Money still adds all of these dimensions to work. And even if one is still a beginner or they are still figuring themselves out, professionally speaking, the only way for them to do so, the only way for them to figure their relationship, their perception of work plus money is simply by working which is going to give them enough information about what's, what suits them or not, professionally speaking, whether they hate or like or love work or not. And it's also going to give them enough information about their own individual proper approach of work. There are certain cases, there will be certain cases, scenarios and contexts where both money and work take a bad path, where there are no work ethics to regulate the roles of work and money. They should be playing among a society, a community, a company, or a group of, of people, or a group of working people. And there are, and there will be cases of feeling lost and losing, which are normal because both work and money can't always prevent and stop hardship from happening. There is also a case where you are probably going to be working in a capitalist, draining, insane, unhealthy type of atmosphere that are going to be draining you mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and financially what you are going to be feeling like you are being used as a profit or being perceived as an object and a profit rather than a human. And there are also certain dark sides where work 
is being approached in a very excessive, exaggerated, obsessive, compulsive way when it comes to overworking oneself and going through episodes of what we call a burnout. Now let's go back to the exact part in the film that woken up a fear in me, which is the retirement aspect of work in the lives of these characters. Most of them were struggling financially at the age of 60 and above because their working and professional path did not lead to a decent retirement pay. And as a young working person, even if I am living the moment, not trying to worry that much about the future, the sphere, even if it was a projection of mine, made me reconsider my relationship with money, finances, saving my professional career path and retirement. Currently speaking, and in terms of career path and retirement, I think... I suppose that the ideal would be to give and to be given as a working individual the opportunity to choose to retire or to keep working even after surpassing the age of retirement, which is 60 or more, or even under, depending on the country and society that you're living in. And depending on whether you work for yourself or for other people, depending also on whether you are for financial safety, if you are an employee, or for financial security for the entrepreneur ones. Any individual should be given and give themselves a choice to get retired for those who think that it's time for them to retire and for others to continue working. And in this case, the category of people that comes to my mind are the creative ones who have a sanely obsessional, compulsive way of approaching work. And I emphasize and put the accent on the word sanely. I am not speaking about hustling yourself until burnout. No, I'm speaking about those who are creatives and who adore work and who keep having ideas that could serve themselves and other individuals among society. In terms of work, why still maintaining a sane relationship with work? One could say that retirement means also letting or leaving the place for younger generations that are coming. Here's what I got to say. If these creatives, retired people who can change career path and adapt themselves or their characters is built around that, and if we put them, if we put both of them, the youth and the old ones, in the right places, or if they put themselves in the right places in terms of career path, they both have the potential to coexist, to co-work, as long as everything is regulated with work ethics. And I think that both of the young ones and the supposedly retired old ones who want to continue working as creatives, I think that they both can exist together. The absence of the other 
I mean, the existence of the other does not deny the existence of the other one in terms of old people and young ones. That was it for the month of February. This was the last episode of this month. And I will be having six days off to prepare for March. March's schedule, March's episodes. Each week, one episode, which is the equivalent of four episodes. Maybe four main episodes with one bonus one. We will see. I will leave you, guess what, with another Sunfinder song. See you in March. It opened up Pandora's box and it all came rushing out like water Trapped inside a pressurized vault I lay creeping on the stairs, picking fights with my reflection Trying to pry out some answers from that idiot I spent many days taking walks around the haunts that you and I spent all our adolescent life. You heard my heart and subsequently I heard others and I am no further than I was before. God, you really got the Family. Oh, I looked like shit, stuck in all my vice rotations, trying to find light in every broken soul. I convinced myself that you were just another chemical that needed to be sweated out until I saw. Her.